good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The following show is just horrifying. Beware. Carry on and plan the sequel, cause let's face it, baby, these days you gotta have a sequel. And welcome back to Micro Queers. It's your monthly queer horror short roundup, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we are discussing CJ Ariano's Griffica, uh, now streaming on Deku, everybody. Indeed. Yeah, so obviously we try to prioritize queer horror shorts that are publicly available on Vimeo or YouTube, but uh, we were sent this one by the writer-director, so we decided, you know what, we can give a shout-out. Deco's doing some of the good work, and obviously, folks, if you have never signed up for a free trial on Deco, if you go on there, you can see a bunch of different queer horror shorts, as well as TV shows and other things. But if you do, so that you can watch this short, you might also want to check out The Latent Image, which was the last queer horror short that we covered that is only available on Deco. Yes, and actually that's going to be a feature-length film soon, Joe. It is indeed. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> but on to Griffica. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with this. It's Again, you're not going to get a lot of gore in this, um, but it really, to me, spoke... To queer, well, specifically gay male relationships, um, mm-hmm. and how sometimes we are so incapable of loving ourselves that it prevents us from loving someone else. And in this case, it has disastrous consequences. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So if folks haven't watched the short, or you're just going to listen to us... It is about Robbie, who is played by James Dolbear, who suspects that his boyfriend Gavin, who is played by Ulysses Espinosa... And he thinks that Gavin is a demon. And it's principally because Gavin <laughs> seems too perfect. Like, yes, I guess the novelty about this short and one of the things that I really liked about it. So I got to see this at Salem Horror Fest last year and mm. I had completely forgotten about it until I turned it on. I was like, oh, fuck, yes, I really <laughs> remember enjoying this one. Um there's absolutely no dialogue. The entire story is told in voiceover mm-hmm. with filmed images and Normally, that is a huge no-no for me. I don't (laughs) like voiceover because I watch a lot of YA uh, TV and movies and they overuse it. It's a narrative crutch. But in this case, I think it's so cleverly well done. Like, it's a way to make sure that you're not having to get perfect uh, dialogue or audio on set. Like, you basically just have to make sure that the words match up on Mm. screen. But overall, I think in this case... uh, it's a strong creative choice that really pays off. Well, I think it lets you focus on the imagery of the film, or at least not us, but even just the director, Ariano. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we don't have to worry about dialogue when all we have to do is a voiceover <laughs> and focus on how we're going to match up the images on screen to go with this voiceover. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Okay, like, like, right at the gate, do you think that he's just being paranoid or do you think we're really working with a demon here? well that's actually my favorite thing about this short is Mm -hmm. that it does end ambiguously enough that you could think okay he he just can't handle the fact that his boyfriend is so perfect and he ends up spiraling or you could say oh well no there is that scene where he digs up a brain in the potter and (laughs) 
it's a horse everything brain. <laughs> about this guy is too perfect so yeah he probably is planning on eating him or sacrificing him on their one year anniversary like i love that you could play it either way i i agree and you know i think we've talked about this before plenty of times i'm really like over the whole oh the protagonist was crazy the whole time like they're just mm-hmm. imagining things they're being paranoid however I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because like I'm gay and I'm like I'm finding another like level to connect with this on. So I don't, I'm interested to see if you feel similarly. But mm-hmm. it worked for me because I do think that you know gay men have a have a uh, psychological history of um, stunted emotional development, and that comes from of course being closeted <laughs> oh and having God. to hide who you are for so long. No, I mean like I but, like this is true. Like I, I always used to say growing up, I was like you know um, I. I personally lived mm-hmm. out my teens in my twenties because I wasn't able right. to like, you know, go on dates and have sex and whatever, like at a young well, younger quote unquote age for lack of a better term. So I was doing that a lot in my twenties. So it's like I'm almost ten years behind my straight counterparts in both emotional right. and like relationship development. And so that played I mean, we don't really know any of this from this character. That's not given to us in any of this. Uh but given the way he talks, his therapy, the way he reacts to certain things, I'm kind of like, that's what this feels like to me. And so if it <laughs> is just a, oh, he's crazy, he's imagining all this, I'm honestly okay with it in this specific scenario. Yeah, it's interesting because the things that we know about Robbie, like he talks about going to therapy, we see him in his sessions, and he reveals that his parents didn't handle his coming out very well. And he looks at Gavin, who came out at seven, and his parents threw him an entire block party with a rainbow-shaped cake that was made just for him. (laughs) And (laughs) you can tell that part of Robbie's struggle is less about like, oh, is my seemingly perfect boyfriend a demon? And more like, I'm just really jealous of how put together this person is. And I'm messy. Like I'm, you know, he's not quote unquote, as conventionally good looking. And his partner is and his partner seems to be adept at doing everything like knows innocuous details without seeming to have to work at them. And that's frustrating to Robbie. So it it feels almost like it's a jealousy thing. And then because mm-hmm. it's horror, we just introduce, well, maybe he's so perfect because he's a fucking demon and he wants to kill me. <laughs> because he he works with this coffee bean thing called Grifica mm-hmm. that only he and two other people on two different continents know about. So, yes. Oh, but ex- except for the brother who's like, oh, no, that's the demon coffee bean. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also we can't trust the brother because we see his search history and it's basically all conspiracy theory shit yeah exactly so i mean there's a lot going on here um in in an 11 minute short but i was very intrigued by this and i actually did think that it was shot very well i I thought the the vibe of this was really well done yeah i mean i'm a sucker for very sort of clean contemporary like in some ways this looks like an ikea catalog version (laughs) of a horror short where you're just like it's so smooth and glossy like it looks really expensive and i think the fact too that we have the perfect dialogue like the story is being gently fed to us in some ways so we can really as you said just focus on these visuals and they are so clean and crisp it's just really I don't know. It feels like it's a visually compelling to me. Like the story just goes down so smoothly. Yeah, no, I, I huge agree on you there. And I think the lead, I mean, we, again, we don't get a lot of acting from the lead. I mean, I'm sorry, they are acting, obviously, but because we don't have that dialogue outside of our protagonist voiceover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was a very interesting 
a clearly deliberate choice. Uh, but I also, yeah, I don't want any more from his partner. I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to know any insight to him because again, this is this is our main guy's story. Yeah, I mean, and I I think that that could get you into trouble normally if you're saying, oh, we're stuck in this person's head and they could be going mad. They, you know, they could be suffering from mental illness. And if we see that in a traditional film, that can be frustrating. Because as you said, we've seen this a number of times recently, more often Mm -hmm. with female protagonists. I'm thinking of things like Knocking, St. Maud, a couple of other ones. But here, I think it works really well because it's a short, right? So it's like we're seeing a couple of days in this guy's life as we're leading up to this big date. The fact that it's all going to happen on their one year anniversary, as you said, that's like an immediate trigger where you're just like, oh shit, this is serious. <laughs> like, so it's all very relatable in that regard. But do you also see it as a way of like self-sabotage? I mean, again, if we're going with this oh, whole, yeah. like he's the, the boyfriend is not really a demon, whatever. Yeah, it's it's like a, this is too good to be true. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I have to destroy this because yes. I don't deserve this or something like uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of that. <laughs> so relatable, right? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Well, okay, I mean, so, but that being said, I think this is a pretty, like, not perfect short, but I mean, like, it, it, it gets everything it needs to get done in these 11 minutes, it's in and out. Would mm-hmm. you want to see this as a feature? So I don't, and mm-hmm. I feel like we're actually getting more comfortable saying that. Like, when we first started doing microqueers, everything was like, oh my god, yes, I absolutely want to see this as something longer. Give me side right. stories. Give me a feature version. And now I'm starting to feel like, oh, you know what? Some of these people really know how to do a short well. And the reason to me that this works well is because it's only 11 minutes. Like, I couldn't imagine a feature-length version of this. I think it'd be too stifling. I agree. And that's also, too, when the whole, like, oh, is the protagonist, like, actually insane or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, that stretched, again, even just 80 minutes. I'm like, oh, like, no, I, I don't need to see that narrative again. I mean, I could imagine it. You know, it's like we, oh, we get to see their meet cute. We get to see them move in together. The, the inconsistencies in that perfection start to add up. And then we get towards the one-year anniversary and we discover, oh, shit, if he is a demon, he's going to sacrifice me. But you would have to lose this interior monologue only, right? Like, you'd have to have dialogue. You'd have to have more characters. And I think that's where so much of the charm of this short comes in. I I definitely want to see more of Ariano because I think the direction of this, the writing of it, it's smart, it's clever, it's very self-aware. And I want to see more of that. It's just not this story. Like, this story is great the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, like, it, to me, it is the queerness that adds into this. Um, I'm even thinking about something like Spiral, uh, the gay one, not the Saw one, where I'm kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. I could, <laughs> I, I'm struggling to find how you would make this particularly innovative or novel uh, outside of just being another, oh, like, paranoid protagonist story. Like, that's what mm-hmm. we're doing here. Yeah. Outside of really keying into his queerness and how that is playing into his current mental state. So, again, that, that could be how you could do it. But I agree with you. I kind of like this as a short and just as a short. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Listeners, let us know what you think of Griffica and whether or not you would like to see this as a feature-length film. Uh, hit us up on all the socials and uh, comment on everything. Let us see what... God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. All the socials and all the comments. That's what we're all looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next time, I think we can cross out Griffica. Indeed. And cross out Microqueers. Microqueers.